Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com wait and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle. Now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash wait today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash wait. GetRoman.com slash wait. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the Can't Wait Podcast. Time to turn the page on the 0-2 start. It is a uh, rebirth for this New York Jets team and the Can't Wait Podcast as we are going to put all that behind us and, and talk about where this team is going forward, which may be just as depressing, but we'll get into it. Tim McMaster here, Connor Hughes. And Marissa Morris, our producer as well. Uh, a lot to get to as we preview the game with the Indianapolis Colts coming up 4 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday. Um, if you are listening on Apple or somewhere else where you can review the show, please do it. Give us a five-star review and rate us. We are up to 97 reviews on Apple, Connor. We need three more to hit that magic 100 number. And they've been, they've been really good lately. So, uh, so keep them coming. Uh, yeah, but a little, yeah, I don't know. Like I, you were telling me about this before, I got to read them. Like I, I read the reviews a while ago. Like we're and we're all like remote. Like check out this new fancy microphone I've got yeah, in my mobile, nice. my mobile studio. Right, like listen how loud I am. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of cool. I'm really digging this thing. I found it in like my, I found it in my closet. It's good to see this thing still works. I'm, I'm hoping the audio is a little bit better than what it's been for when I've had to do these remote. Uh, but no, you guys were telling me about these reviews and someone's like shit talking my golf game or something like that. Like, oh, not so yeah, much your you golf just... game, but just you talking about your golf game. Well, they can bite me, man. Like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm not just going to come on here and be your news dump. Like, I'm not just going to come in here and have a Q&A and just be like, Connor, who practiced today for the Jets? And I'll be like, well, listener, this is what happened. No, we're going to have fun. We're going to party. We're going to talk golf. We're going to talk. <laughs> how to fight wicked hangovers and we're going to talk a bunch of stuff that we're all dealing with at this particular point in time right now. Uh, but yeah, I was a little annoyed about that. Somebody trashing, trashing my golf game. And I also will say this. Marissa, more Twitter, Marissa Baba Bowie Twitter followers. We gotta get <laughs> Which by the way, I, I know Tim, I, I, I forget if you're a stern listener or not, but I remember like when I first started texting Marissa about all this stuff, I called her like, yeah, you should be like our Baba Bowie. And then as soon as I said, I was like, there's a, really good chance she has no idea what i'm right. talking about and right as i went back to go explain she's like don't worry i already googled it i was like yeah uh, <laughs> i figured okay. I, I figured i'm smart a i'm resourceful might not go on <laughs> yeah yeah that was good though yeah we got our baba buoy and all there and and just we got to get her more uh we don't we don't rip on her as much as uh stern rips on rips on good old uh baba buoy 
Marissa no, but I, I will say this, that there, there was some criticism about the golf talk, but the criticism also came with like five-star ratings, which is kind of oh, what we no, said last no. week, right? Like you can say yeah. anything you want in there, in the like type your comment section, go nuts. Just give the five stars. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give. The, I'll I'll accept that. I'll accept that. They they shouldn't. Uh, they should. Uh, whatever. It's it's. it's I'll, I'll get over. It. I'll, All right. I'll, let's I'll let's uh let's talk about this Jets team and this game coming up on Sunday. And I mean, we'll start where we kind of always start, but we'll talk about the offense and the defense. We have picks coming up again at the end of the show as well. Um, but let's start with a pathetic, banged up, unimaginative offense. You know, use your descriptor word for this Jets offense right now versus a Colts defense that has been really good uh, so far this season. We talk about a Colts defense that routed the Vikings 28-11 last week. Um, through two games this season, they've allowed 194 fewer yards than any other defense in the league. They've really been better than advertised. Uh, so another challenge for this Adam Gase offense and we're coming through a week, Connor, that since we last gathered for this podcast, there's been talk about practice and the lack of intensity in the Jets' practice. It came after the game with Bradley McDougal and Avery Williamson both talking about it. Kind of blew over now. It's part of that news cycle thing. But uh, mm-hmm. but overall, it's just one more thing against Adam Gase. Yeah, you know, that was the funny thing is that, you know, obviously everyone's looking for for reasons to uh to jump on to jump on Adam Gase and and kind of rip him a bit and and all that stuff and certainly um the this this was there there's Adam Gase has given guys plenty of things to rip him for. I mean, this this offense is is not good and that's one of the reasons why everyone's going to be getting on him and and justifiably so. I mean, he's an offensive quote-unquote genius or brilliant offensive mind, I should say, that uh, to use Christopher Johnson's own words and the Jets offense can't get out of their own way. Like you said, unimaginative unimaginative uncreative. Sam Darnold looks like he's regressing. The the team can't score points. At times they look like they're completely uncompetitive and completely incompetent and that's a bunch of reasons to rip on Gase, but I did find it rather interesting that the two guys that criticized the intensity at practice were two defenders you heard nothing from offensive players you heard nothing from guys specifically about the offense and uh it, it was Avery Williamson and Bradley McDougald and and when they're criticizing tempo and practice you know that's actually and and people never want to put the the microscope down on him because obviously everyone just wants to be mad and, and pissed off at Adam Gase but uh, that that's a shot at Greg Williams. That's that's a that's a shot at Greg Williams. And he made a comment today in in the press conference that you know, look, the Jets have two speeds: walk through and go, and that's the only thing that they've got going. But clearly, if you have uh, two veteran guys, someone Bradley McDougal, an incredibly respected player within that locker room, a respected player around the NFL, Avery Williams, and a guy who's who's uh, been here for a few years and, and was with the Titans beforehand, if they're agreeing that the tempo and intensity of practice, I mean, that's just not or that's not just an Adam Gase thing. That's as much a Greg Williams thing as anything else. And and Avery was one of the guys that reached out to Gase after he made those comments on WFAN to try to clear the air. And, and he told Adam, and then Adam relayed to us, that what Avery said was that he wasn't taking a shot at the coaches. He wasn't taking a shot at anything like that. He was just talking about we didn't feel like the defensive energy is high. And I think that was probably a key little word that was thrown in there that Avery said, that it was the defensive energy wasn't high, uh, because that's probably a, a, a big issue with, with the Jets and the practicing. And and honestly, if you look at this Jets roster at the moment and you see how banged up they are, you see how depleted they are, you see how hurt and 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 uh, how how much they're failing. The Jets defense is as much a uh, part of these problems as the Jets offense, and, and I think that's something that a lot of people need to remember. And and some you know kind of 
don't don't just look Adam Gase deserves the criticism Adam Gase deserves to be ripped on quite a bit but direct your attention from Adam Gase to also realize that Greg Williams isn't doing anything on the defensive side of the ball to make this this group any easier so that was certainly one of those comments that came out but I think when it came out my immediate attention went not necessarily oh Gase isn't practicing the Jets hard enough it went more towards hmm I think something might be going on with that defense yeah, well, and the other thing I thought of when when seeing this, the initial comments, I mean, they walked it back a little bit, which is fine of course, and what yes. you expect, of course, later in the week. But the initial comments, my my reaction was, I mean, we're going to be critical of the coaching staff on this podcast. No doubt we have been, we'll continue to be. But in this instance, like if, if intensity is low in practice, right, and you're a veteran leader on that team, isn't it up to you to kind of change that too? Like, and Gay said it, you know, it's an open, you know, communication, like they can come to me, but like, to me, intensity in a practice can very easily be cranked up by players. And we even talked about it in the preseason, the practice where the fights broke out, right? That you can crank yeah. up intensity. Players can find a way to get their teammates going without the need of a coaching staff, especially a yeah. professional football team. Like, you know what? If you think the intensity is low, do something about it as a player. That was the first thing I thought of. But I mean, it's a shared responsibility. But like, if you're a leader, do something about it. Yeah, and and honestly, I wish I could take I wish I could take credit for this take, but this isn't mine. This is actually Brian Costello uh, made reference to this. Uh, I think yesterday or something like that. He, he did a I caught a, I caught a Brian Costello interview on WFAN, which didn't make nearly as many headlines as as uh, Avery's hit on WFAN. But I think Cos was actually the one who said it, and, and and he put it perfect. And it was that you know a lot of times when you are a team that sucks, and I'm paraphrasing, but the Jets are a team that is not very good. Um, when you're a player on that team, when you're a player on a team that isn't very good, when you're a player on a team that's struggling, you're starting to look for reasons why you're struggling, why you're sucking. And for a player, it's very hard to look in the mirror and say, I'm not talented enough, right? Like, I'm not talented enough. I'm not good enough. Like, no one's going to say that. So you have to start looking for reasons why you're losing. And you need to look for reasons for why you're not competitive. And you need to look for reasons why the Jets are basically taking the field in these games and looking abysmal and atrocious and and just awful and and i think one of the reasons to do it is you're not going to look in the mirror and say i'm not a good enough football player but you can look in the mirror and say you know what maybe i didn't practice hard enough this week or you know what maybe i didn't give it my all this week and that's why that's why we lost you know it's not not because i'm not a good football player it's because i didn't try hard enough in practice so i think that's what guys are doing because like i said tim i mean it's it, when we looked at this schedule, when when the, the 2020 NFL schedule came out and you saw week one Bills, week two 49ers, very few people, myself included, predict, predicted the Jets to win either right. of those games. We didn't think the Jets were going to win either of those games. The Jets are the – Bill, the Bills was one where we thought maybe they had a chance if Josh Allen wasn't progressing or anything like that. But the Bills, you look at that roster – that's a team that you can say is one of the better in the AFC. They're not the the Chiefs. They're not the Ravens. But they're right up there in that next tier, the team that's going to get into the playoffs. And if they're hot, maybe they can pull a stunner. You know, they're they're right in there. They might be the third, fourth best team in the AFC. I mean, the Bills are that good. 49ers, obviously, are a team that's absolutely loaded on defense. They got playmakers on offense. And they went to the Super Bowl for a reason because they're incredibly well coached. The Jets were never going to win those games. But or they weren't, unless they stole one, they weren't going to win those games. The fact that we looked, though, at this opener, you know, the Jets go to the Bills and they just get their doors blown off in a game that's not competitive. And then they play the 49ers again, get their doors blown off. It's not even competitive. I mean, the Bills game felt like it was over after the first two drives and the 49ers game felt like it was over after uh, Mostert 
broke one right up the right side of the field for an 80-yard touchdown on a simple toss play. So that's the biggest issue with the Jets right now is that it's not that they're losing. It's that they're not even competitive. They're not even competing. And when you're a player on this team and you're looking for reasons to explain why you're not competing, why you're not competitive, again, like I said, it's hard to say I'm not good enough. So you kind of have to start, you know what, maybe it was that tempo at practice. Yeah, you got to you gotta find something somewhere and, and we'll see if they can kind of turn around things and, and get back getting back to the offense against this very good Colts defense. And and where does it start this week offensively? And we, we talked about Darnold and how the numbers were a little bit last week, although a little bit better last week, although it was a lot of dink and dunk. Do you think there's any chance that this week against this Colts team we see this offense open up a little bit? I, that was one of the worst things I heard from. I've heard some interesting quotes from from Adam Gase over the last year plus or so, and and one of the worst things that I heard from Gase was when uh, we asked him about that fourth and seven play call against the 49ers, and he said uh, there's not a good, there's not enough, there's not enough good plays to get that yardage. It's like, dude, you're an offensive minded coach. Like you're supposed to be this genius. Like you're the one who's supposed to figure out how to do that. Like it's not about saying, oh. Math says it's a very low probability play to score here. Oops. <laughs> Guess it's not happening. Like that's not the how analytics this works. Guys, like that's like your Yeah. Yeah, no. Like you're supposed to be the offensive mind to say like you know what? Okay, yeah, the percentages say no, but it, most times on 4th and 7 a defense comes out in this, which means we might be able to get something back this like you're supposed to figure it. You're I'm not the offensive mind. You're the offensive mind. You're the brilliant offensive mind. Figure it out. Like that's what you're supposed to do. But the other thing that he said which was kind of to me was like what was that when we asked him why he didn't stretch the field and he said they had some things in the game plan to stretch the field and they had some things in the game plan that were in there in the second half that they were going to stretch it but once Brashad Perryman went down they couldn't do those things because he's really the only player they have that was capable of doing those things it's like I'm sorry man like I've seen receivers that are five six get down the field and make a play. I mean, Julian Edelman made that absurd catch in the Super Bowl where he's like fumbling over and makes the grab. You have random guys, like uh, I think it was in that same Super Bowl, the Seahawks had that random no nobody wide receiver who had the huge game and kept making all these deep passes, like deep grabs. Like you have guys that come out of the woodworks that because they're not um, because they're not players that, that people necessarily know about, so they're not game planning to shut them down, you give them a chance they can make a play. They're ridiculous athletes. They're in the NFL for a reason. Malone is an athlete who's capable of playing in the NFL. Is he a starter? No. Is he as good as, as Brashad Perryman? No. Is he as good as Julio Jones? Hell no. But he's still somebody that is an NFL an NFL receiver. Throw a ball up there and see if he can't make something happen. Because it's not like the 49ers were saying, we need to shut down Malone. The 49ers probably had no idea who the hell Josh Malone was. So the fact that he just was like, oh, Brashad Perryman's out. So that means we can't throw down the field. We're just going to continue to dink and dunk is just like mind blowing me. Like it's just, it just makes you want to pound your head. Like it's just so frustrating. So I want to say this week is like the week that they're going to do it. But like you look at their offense and they're even worse now than what they've been, right? Like I, I sent this tweet out. The Jets, assuming Connor McGovern's the guy who, if I'm going to guess, I don't, I know he was, he was practiced today on a limited, on a limited basis. Personally, I don't think. Connor McGovern's got a chance to play. That if Connor McGovern's going to be like the emergency center, he might be active. And if something happens to two other guys, he can come in there and just snap the ball between his legs and like kind of like keep things situated. But assuming he doesn't play, which he's not, go- it, I don't believe he will. The Jets are going to play the Colts right now without Le'Veon Bell, without Brashad Perry. Le'Veon Bell, they're starting running back. He's down. 
They're without their number one receiver in Brashad Perryman. They're without their number two receiver in Jamison Crowder. They're without their number three receiver in Denzel Mims. They're without their fourth receiver in Vincent Smith. They're without their fifth receiver in Jeff Smith. They're without their right tackle in George Font. And they're without their center in Connor McGovern. Like that is a, as depleted of a of a team as as I don't I've think seen. the 49ers and, would agree yeah, with that. Yeah, but the one team that okay. can. <laughs> yeah, the 49ers can jump on that. But like you look, and then they're going up against the league's best defense. And and you like, the crazy thing about the Jaguars is right, like they or the Colts. I'm sorry, is they lost to the Jaguars in the opener, 27-20. Right, you go and look at that. Like Robinson only ran for 62 yards in that game. Minshew comp- threw three touchdowns. Yeah, but he only threw for 173 yards. So it's not like. The Jaguars went in there and like blew the doors off the Colts. Like they had a good game against Indy as well, or they had a good game against the Jaguars as well. I'm sorry, and then came back against Minnesota and shut down Kirk Cousins and that bunch. Who I mean, they Vikings look like they got their own issues right now, but they shut down them as well. Now the Jets and this banged up, bewildered, injury depleted teams got to try to move the ball. And and what I have to, what I can say about it is that do I think it's possible? No, not when I saw what happened in the opener against the Bills, and not when I saw what happened in the in the 49er game. No, I don't think it's possible at all. I don't, I don't know if the Jets gonna get first down. Like I just don't. But what you want to see is like, yes, the Jets are gonna start Malone, they're gonna start Berrios in the slot, and they're gonna start Chris Hogan. And and Lawrence Cager is the the training camp star. He's gonna get some reps and and be able to see because as Adam Gay said this week, they need anyone who has a pulse to play. Uh, Which is, I was going to mention that and the fact that it feels like he's already laying kind of the excuses with that comment. Yeah, well, I get used to that. I mean, that shit happens literally every (laughs) single day. So just get over that. That just let that one go by the wayside. That's that's uh, on the excuse making machine. I mean, yes, that that's one of them. And yeah, that's laying the groundwork. But that doesn't even register on some of the other excuses I've heard over the last like couple of weeks. Um, the, the offensive line, obviously, but Chuma is a guy who started last year. So it's not like, yeah, Font's a better player than Chuma, but Chuma still, he can start. He started for you before you got someone on the right side. You got those three wideouts. You're going to see Lawrence Cager. Michael P. Ryan is going to have a significantly larger role this week than he did last week. He's an explosive player. You still have Chris Hearn. You still have Ryan Griffin. Adam Gase is this brilliant offensive mind, right? That's what the Jets keep saying. That's what Christopher Johnson keeps saying. He's brilliant offensive blind. He's He's coaching football where it's going. He's he's the right guy to turn the Jets around, yada, yada. He needs to design a game plan that when everyone says this can't happen and when everything says this isn't going to work, he can design a scheme that works and that gets the Jets some points. And I still don't think they win, but at least keeps this game competitive and keeps them in it and moves the ball up and down the field. Because the one benefit that Gaze has going on right now is that they don't have the Jets, any player on that offense, that the Colts are going and saying, we need to shut that guy down. So they're going to see, a, a, I think, a generic-ish defense that's more centered around attack Sam Darnold blitz. So guys are going to have one-on-one opportunities outside. Barrios is going to be one-on-one. Malone's going to be one-on-one. Hogan's going to be one-on-one. Chris Herndon, who, remember when he was supposed to be a playmaker? He's going to be one-on-one. Ryan Griffin, I think people forget Ryan Griffin's alive because the Jets just refuse to use two tight end sets for anything other than blocking, which is just brutal and and conversation for another day. But all of these players are going to be seeing one-on-one because no one's focusing in on them. So if they win their one-on-one individual battle, there can be plays there. Gase just needs to put them in position to make those plays. And he didn't do it in the opener against the Bills. He didn't do it against the 49ers. He's got to do it this week. And if he's looking to inspire confidence, if he's looking to show that Christopher Johnson's right, and he's looking to stop the the protests that are going to, to, to kind of cut Adam Gase out and, and have Adam Gase lose his job, 
do something this week against the Colts. Uh, the league's best defense. You're undermanned. You're on the road. You're 0-2. You haven't been competitive. Just do something. It's not about dropping 40 points against the Colts because that's not going to happen. But do something where, like, you can scheme guys into having success and you can scheme your way to competitiveness because that's what the Jets aren't doing. It's it's that they have a talent issue, but they also have a situation where their coach isn't doing anything to make the players that they have better or or scheme or out scheme the opposing defense, right? We always talk about this, Tim, like like football's chess, right? That's like the biggest football cliche in the world. That football is chess and football is a chess match. Sometimes when you're playing chess, you can be a better chess player than I can, but there is a time where I might be able to out-scheme you, or I can couch sleeping, or I can I can do something where I outthink you. And because I outthink you, I put myself in a better position to have success. Adam Gase needs to do that. He needs to do something this week where he schemes the Jets into something that their defense didn't expect, their defense didn't see before, and that's what gives them the success and keeps them in this game. But this just like in the past, in the last couple of weeks, man, it's, it, that hasn't been happening. It didn't happen much last season. It's almost like the Jets have these issues and they just take the field and like, well, we suck. We're just gonna we're just gonna agree that we all suck and we're not gonna do anything. Like it's just, it, it's it's. You mentioned the excuses, like just let up on the excuses. Everyone knows that injuries are there. Everyone knows this team isn't that good anyway. Still, find a way to have some success, and and this would be the week to do it. Yeah, take your shot, man. I just if you're gonna mm-hmm. lose, like go down throwing some haymakers, like throw mm-hmm. the ball downfield. I just want to see that. I think just everybody wants to see that rather than these little screens and five yard yeah. outs and all of that. Like it, it's losing and not even like feeling like you gave it a go. Exactly. Um, it's anyway. like he gives up. It's yeah. honestly that's right. how it feels at times. It's that he's out there and he calls plays, and eventually this, this things start happening in the game, and he just gives up. And it's not like. Right. He stops trying to attack, right? Like the perfect example is like third and 18. Yeah, that's not a great situation to be in. Yes, the math says no, but just handing the ball off to Frank Gore, that's a give up play. Like that's giving up. Fourth and seven, correct. He's not wrong. The probability of converting a fourth and seven at the opponent's seven yard line, or basically fourth and goal at the seven yard line, it's low. But don't give up, like scheme something, like design something that might work and try it and do it. And, and third and nine, like third and nine, throwing the one yard pass to Malone. Like, yeah, it's a high percentage play, but it's not going to get you the first down. Try something that gets you the first down. It's like, do that, man. Like, it's just, it, it's it's very frustrating to watch. And I, we've said this two two episodes ago when we were talking about this. Like, I've given the guy the benefit of the doubt. I've, I've given Gase the benefit. I was agreeing that he should come back. But like, now it's to the point where you kind of have seen enough. You kind of seen enough. Aside, I'm having a great yeah. hair day. I just need to point that out. <laughs> I really am. I've, I'm looking at myself in this top corner. I'm having a stellar hair day. Oh, man. It's a good thing we record this on YouTube yeah. for uh, for everybody to see. That's yeah, look for at sure. That. Uh, I got a comment about <laughs> I was your gonna... t-shirt, too. Nice. Oh, yeah? Someone, Guinness fan? Um, yeah. They liked your shirt. So. There we go. I was going to say that if uh, if Adam Gase was a basketball coach, he would go four corners from the tip-off. <laughs> it would just be like, all right, we're just going to run four corners, slow yeah. it down, you know, Princeton, whatever. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to get to the defense and how they're going to go against Philip Rivers on Sunday after this. But first, Fubo TV. If you're going to cut the cord, now's the time to do it, especially with the football season upon us. And if you go to Fubo.tv, what a great deal right now. There's an option, the standard base plan. You get two screens at once, so you can watch two games at once on two different accounts. But if you go with the family plan, that's three people watching at one time in three different locations. What a deal. You can save 15% 
off your first month right now. Along with all that comes 30 hours of cloud DVR. So if you can't get to your best shows, you can record them. They'll be waiting for you in the cloud. And you get your local broadcast channels too. So don't worry about that. This is a tough time for a lot of people in this pandemic, but $50 a month, very affordable when it comes to TV and being able to get your NFL action. NFL football in full swing right now and Fubo.tv will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as local broadcast news. Go to FuboTV.com slash athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's FuboTV.com slash athletic. Start your first month today. All right, switching things over. To the defense, we talked about Greg Williams off the top, and and man, the, the seat would be hot for Greg Williams if it wasn't hotter for the head coach and Adam Gase. But right now you have you have Phillip Rivers now, first year with the Colts, of course, after all that time with the Chargers. He's 38 years old right now. He's not the guy he once was, but he's still the starting quarterback in the NFL for sure. He can still make a lot of throws. But it seems like, uh, Connor, a guy that was always known to make some big mistakes over the course of the game, Maybe that the percentage of those has gone up a little bit. Maybe that is that where the Jets have to capitalize. You're yeah. gonna get a few opportunities against Philip Rivers to make him pay for a mistake, and you got to take take advantage. He's, yeah, look, Philip's gonna give you some 50-50 balls. That's 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 the Philip Rivers mantra. I mean, he was younger and and the arm was a little bit more lively, and and he was obviously in the prime of his career. He was able to probably make those 50-50 balls more 70-30 in his direction. Now, they are very, very 50-50, if not 60-40 in the defenses, the defenses area there. Because they're a um, the, the, the way that you can get some plays on the Colts, and it's what the Jaguars did in the opener, is that you just need to make Phillip Rivers pay. And you need to make that when Phillip throws that ball up there, and he takes his chance down the field, because I don't think he realizes that he's like a 38, 39-year-old quarterback yet, and that his play's starting to decline. He's still playing like he's 23, 24. Um, he, like, he, it's almost like you know, me thinking I could just immediately recover after after a night like last night. But they, like, they, Phil, he can, he can like, he still thinks that he's like the 23, 24-year-old and, and not realizing he's 38, 39. And so he's going to throw you passes on defense he's gonna throw balls up there for grabs and if you're the defense you have to make him pay because he's gonna put him up there there's gonna be two or three a game and if the jets are able to come down with those two or three balls they might be able to put them in a position like they might be able to position themselves where they can start stealing possessions because again the colts top to bottom like it's very similar to last week against the 49ers similar against the bills top to bottom quarterback through all the offensive line positions, secondary all the way through the password. Like the Colts are a better team. They're also better coached. So like there's there's a lot of benefits like that side this thing to the advantage. It's why the Colts are like, yesterday were like 11 and a half point favorites, right? And that line might be up to 12 or 13 now with all these jets that have been ruled out. Like that, it would not surprise me if that line's jumped even more. Um, you have to be in a position where you start to steal a game and you do that by easiest way of stealing a game is by creating turnovers and getting turnovers and when Phillip throws those 50 50 balls up there when he takes his chance to ty hilton marcus may's got to come away with it pierre desire's got to come away with it bless austin's got to come away with it because he's going to load up and try to throw and try to make him pay and the jets are going to have to come away with those passes if they want to have any chance today because um, he's going to throw them up there like that's the one thing you know i mean he threw an interception last week he threw two or th- i mean it was two against the jaguars you can go back and watch the film and there were a couple others in both of those games where he could have come away with it so if you can try to take advantage of those 50 50 balls and then you can shut down jonathan taylor that rookie running back because that's the big thing is that they they the colts 
Philip Rivers might think he's 23, 24. Frank Wright realizes what he's got on his hands at quarterback. So he's trying to w- win this game. And, and the Colts are trying to build a team that's very old school. They want to run the ball. They want to control the time of possession. They want to play good defense. And they want to win every single game, 27-20, 24-17, 20-17. Like, they are perfectly content about that. They don't care about spreads. They don't care about covering. They just want to come out with a victory. And they're going to try to do that by running the ball. So if the Jets can take away the run, which is something that they've been able to do pretty well this year. I know if someone might have heard me just say that and, like, spit out their coffee. But if you look at... Beside that 55-yard run and that 80-yard run, the Jets' defense were able to kind of keep Mostert and then Yeldon and – or not Yeldon, um, uh, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman and uh, McKinnon. They were able to keep those three guys relatively at bay um, aside from those gash plays where they let up where it was just ultimate fundamental breakdown. So if they can do something similar to that and not let Jonathan Taylor get going and then take advantage of those couple 50-50 balls that you know you're going to get from Phillip Rivers, I think they have a chance uh, defensively at least to keeping the Colts offense relatively slowed down. Like I don't think the Colts will go drop like 40 or 50 on the Jets. And then if they can do that, if they can try to limit the Colts to like say 20 points or 17 points, then again, it goes just back to the offense and Adam Gase, where can he find a way to scheme the Jets to 23? Can he find a way to scheme the Jets to one more point than what the Colts have? And it does seem like uh, Rivers is still kind of trying to figure things out with his receiving core. He's thrown for a ton of yards, uh, just under 300 yards per game, 291 and a half. But it is interesting that the leading receiver, as far as yardage goes, is Mo Alley Cox, the tight end. Then obviously T.Y. Hilton's the guy we're all used to hearing there, but he's only got seven catches on 14 targets. So they haven't really connected the two of them. And then Taylor is, uh, has caught a lot of balls out of the, the backfield. He's been almost as effective catching the ball as he he has running the ball. So it's it's definitely not the offense, like you said, that we remember seeing Phillip Rivers running with the Chargers, but he is still going to sling it at times, and and we're going to see how, how that plays out. Um, you know, how do they um, – you know, what what is Greg Williams going to do differently, do you think? What, what does he change from what we've seen to this week to, to make those things happen? That's the thing, man, is like when, when you talk about a, a Greg Williams defense is that what he does – remarkably well is when he faces younger quarterbacks. Like that's kind of where, where Greg really shines because it's that organized chaos defense that he's going to give you looks that you just have never seen before. Um, when you're a rookie and you're making the first couples, that's why he has so much success against guys very early in their careers because they see this Greg Williams defense. They see things they haven't seen before. They have no idea who's coming, where they're coming from. They have no idea who's dropping, who's not. And they kind of have like a brain breakdown in games. Like you saw it when, when Sam Darnold, uh, played Greg Williams when he was the defensive coordinator of the Browns uh, Sam's rookie year. Greg Williams actually went back to, to USC and, and got a bunch of like dirt on Sam Darnold from USC to figure out how to shut him down and then built that defense to shut down Sam Darnold and it worked marvelously. They knew what he couldn't they knew what he could do, what he couldn't do and Greg Williams was able to figure that out and build it together. The problem when you face a veteran quarterback like Philip Rivers who's been around forever, you know and close in on two decades in the NFL, Drew Brees. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo to some extent with Kyle Shanahan on the other side is that they've seen Greg Williams enough. They know what a Greg Williams defense looks like. They know some of the things and more than anything else, they can kind of figure out what to expect. So Greg's going to throw new wrinkles out there. He's going to throw new looks. He's going to try to confuse Phillip Rivers and drive him nuts. But when you play Greg Williams enough, you can kind of start thinking like he thinks. And then you can kind of know, you won't know exactly what's coming but you will know when something is coming and you can kind of prepare for that by like, okay, we're going to have to know something weird is going to be coming at this point. And then we know we're going to have our plays where we can take them here. So it's, it's honestly just, it's going to come down to, it's not so much about like a new wrinkle. It's not so much about like um, 
doing this or doing that or, or exotic blitz schemes or anything. I think it, it's just this this game plan that the Jets are going to have to run defensively this week. It's going to be a very basic one. It's going to be shut down the run because you can't let Jonathan Taylor start going for for gash plays of six, seven, eight yards. Like you can't have, if he's averaging five yards a carry, the Jets are screwed. That's period. Like if John, if this game ends and Taylor is averaging five yards a carry, the Jets will not be within two touchdowns because all that's going to do is it's going to keep the sticks moving. A lot of second and fives, a lot of third and two, third and threes, a lot of second and twos, second and threes. And you're going to have so many opportunities. The defense isn't going to be able to key off on any one thing. It's not like they're going to be, oh, we know the pass is coming. We can play this. It's it's going to be a, a disaster. So it's literally just going to come down to the defense shutting down the run and then taking advantage of those 50-50 balls Phillip Rivers throws because they're going to be up there. And if you can do those two things, if you can come away with two or three interceptions in this one, if you can shut down the run, the defense can limit the damage the Colts offense can do. They can do that. And I, I'm not I'm not doubting the defense's ability to do that, to limit the to, to, to limit the damage that the Colts do and keep this to a 20, 23-point game, 20, 24 points, maybe 17 points even. Like, I could totally see the Jets' defense doing that. The problem is the flip side of the coin, that even if you let up 17 points, if you let up 20 points, if you let up 23 points, the offense still needs to score 24, 18, 20. Like, they they need to score a point more than, than the defense lets up, and that's been the biggest problem the Jets have had this year is that the offense hasn't done their part. Like the offense hasn't scored. Like the offense hasn't moved the ball. The offense hasn't done anything to, to actually keep the Jets in games, and that's their biggest issue. One comment from uh, from YouTube right now, NYC Heel says, I'm more confident that the defense will clean up their mess than the offense. I think I, it kind of yeah. sums it up a little bit. It's also too uh, it's a defense also with better players, though. Like the the Jets defense is this is the same exact Jets defense that exceeded expectations last year. It's literally the same thing. The defensive line is basically the same defensive line. The linebackers are basically the same linebackers. I mean, literally, Quinnen Williams was on this team last year. McClendon, Foley Fatukasi on the team last year. Henry Anderson on the team last year. Basham Jenkins on the team last year. In the middle of the defense, Cashman, when he's healthy, on the team last year. Um, next team, obviously, Alec Ogletree wasn't, but Avery Williamson was on the team, although he's now hurt. And then, obviously, Hewitt was on the team last year. Safety, Marcus May. On the team last year, Bradley McDougal obviously is the big difference because he's in for Jamal Adams. The two corners are new. Pierre Desir, bless Austin, isn't. But those two guys are better than Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts. Like, that's the fact. So, like, this defense is the same. They're just now playing below expectations. They're playing below the bar when last year they exceeded. And they just got to get back to playing average because I think this is a defense that you can... It's never going to be one of the best. It's not going to dominate. It's not going to put in insane points and things like that. But or uh, like be you know the Seahawks of of years ago or the Bears or anything like they're not going to be that kind of a defense. But they can still be serviceable. And the issue with the Jets is they haven't been serviceable the first two weeks. But I do believe that they can they can ride it around and turn it around. Yeah, and Desir a chance to to show something against his former team as well. All right, we're going to get to some questions as well as our picks. But first, now more than ever, it's important to show support for your team and your community. Visa and the National Football League know that local businesses help your community move the ball down the field. Small businesses everywhere are overcoming challenges in these new times, thanks to teammates like you and Visa. Because when everyone pitches in, everyone benefits. Being loyal to local businesses ignites growth and supports all of us and our communities. Because they know that where you shop matters, Visa urges you to support local retailers who are making shopping safe and reliable. And remember, tap to pay with a contactless Visa wherever you see the contactless symbol to help support your community. Visa, official partner of the NFL. 
All right. Like Tim said, we're going to get to our picks, but week two of football is in the books and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three. And there's no better place to get in all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week three, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head over to the app store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place $1 bet on any team. And if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass up on that? Don't worry. If football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving all MMA fans the same great offer to use for this weekend's UFC 253. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code QUICK when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week three, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use the promo code QUICK during sign-up. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only, eligibility and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And that brings us into the picks. Thank you to DraftKings. And those are the uh, the numbers that we'll use as well for the spreads. Connor, you get to go first. Um, well, you always go first, but you're leading the way, unfortunately, so far after two weeks. Five and one, Marissa and I, both three and three. What do you got this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to keep it going, man. I know last second there, I was, I was out last night, so I looked at... Uh, there's some money laid on the um, the Jaguars game. Just kind of was like, oh, let's let's see if we can't like the Jaguars Dolphins. I was like, oh, Jaguars have looked pretty good first two weeks, and that was such a huge mistake. It was more like just I need like skin in the game to like keep interested in it or whatever. But oh, I, t- I took one on the chin last night, so I'm hoping that I got that like non-published bad pick out of the way now. And these these next three, I'm gonna rock and roll. Uh, first one I'm going with is is Chiefs. Uh, obviously they're on the road against Baltimore. Baltimore is one of the best teams in the NFL, but I just think that Kansas city is an unbelievable football team. I think they're an unbelievable, they, they're, they're led by the best quarterback I think I've ever seen play. Uh, and whenever you have a chance to bet the Kansas city chiefs and get points as well, I just think you take it. Now I saw this line. I don't know if it's changed when I bet it. And when I took it, it's at three and a half. I absolutely love that because I don't really see this game in any way, shape or form turning into a, two touchdown, one touchdown Ravens victory. Could the Ravens beat the Chiefs? Absolutely. They're home. They have a good rushing attack. They have the ability offensively to keep the Chiefs offense off the field, which I think is how you have to beat them is you can't let Mahomes have the ball. The Ravens can run it, run it, run it. But that half a point when you're a dog is so huge. If this one's 24-21, that game's covering. If this one's 31-28, that game is covering. If it's 17-16, it's covering. So the fact you can get the Chiefs, who have a chance to win outright anyway, plus three points and plus that half point to protect you with a field goal. I just think that's clutch as anything. So I will take that. Uh, I'll take the Chiefs. I love that game an, an awful, awful lot. Uh, other one that I'm taking as well, it's, it's the other night game. That was the, what is that? That's the Monday night game. I'm taking the Sunday night game as well with the Packers on the road in in, in, uh, in New Orleans. Packers are getting three and a half as well. Um, I love that line for the same reason, but I actually love it because I think the Packers are just going to beat the Saints. Drew Brees this year, does not look like Drew Brees. Drew Brees looks like a guy whose arm is about to fall off, a guy that probably should have taken an extra second to considering playing this coming season. Um, He just doesn't look the same. If that game was in an actual Superdome in New Orleans, it's also a completely different game, but this is not a normal Superdome. There's going to be no fans. So, So New Orleans is an intimidating place to play, but it's an intimidating place to play when there are fans in the stands. Playing the Saints in the Dome doesn't matter. 
uh, when when you have a situation there where there's literally going to be no home field advantage at all. So Aaron Rodgers and the Packers look good. Aaron Jones looks unfreaking real. Uh, I think they have a chance to, to go in there and just beat the Saints outright. In fact, I saw this line at three and a half, and I was surprised. I thought the Packers would have been favored. Um, if anything, it would have been a one-point line, and, and that might end up being what it sways to. But give me Aaron Rodgers. Give me Aaron Jones, and, and I think they're going to beat the, the Saints outright. But I love the fact that you're, get, you're getting three and a half points there. Uh, the other one that I like is one that I'm honestly a little scared of, and, and I'm scared of it because the line does not make any sense to me. I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the road in Denver. I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers haven't looked all that great this year with all those new pieces. They've kind of been, they, they are one and one. They lost the opener one last week, but still haven't, haven't really been humming and clicking. I just, there's something about the fact that they're only six point favorites when the Broncos are without their quarterback and all these issues. So that there's something about that line that almost tells you like hit Denver and stay away. I can't help but take that line. I, I think that the the Buccaneers are going to win by two touchdowns, maybe more. Um, I think that, that as the season goes on, you're going to see Tom Brady start to get back to who he is, playing in the new offense, really starting to learn Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. You'll see all that coming together. So uh, I'll take the Buccaneers, even though I'm a little scared of the game at six. So, so my three picks, Kansas City plus three and a half, Green Bay plus three and a half, and then Tampa Bay minus six. I will say with that Bucks game that at Denver has been one of the the few things that over the years has given Tom Brady trouble. Now, granted, yeah. this isn't the classic, you know, Peyton Manning's not over there or anything like that, yeah. and Von Miller's out, so it's different. But but yeah, it feels like that maybe kept that spread maybe a little bit yeah. closer. All right, I'm going to agree with one of yours. I'm going to take the Packers as well, plus three and a half. Same reasons, really. I just think Aaron Rodgers is kind of on a mission to prove people wrong and that he's still got plenty left in the tank. Meanwhile, the tank seems somewhat empty for Drew Brees. I'm going to go with the Patriots, uh, minus five and a half versus Las Vegas. Um, the Patriots, I thought, looked great against Seattle on the road going all the way across the country. Now they're staying home and Las Vegas has to come all the way across the country to play them. And I think the Patriots win that one. And then uh, finally, I'll take this one. This one was tough. I'm going to take the Eagles minus four and a half versus Cincy. I just feel like Carson Wentz has taken such a beating this week for the, the start he's off to. And I just think he's a better quarterback than he's shown. I hope he is. I'm not sure he is. But I think he'll get it done against a, a Bengals team that still has a long way to go. So I'll take the uh, the Eagles minus four and a half. Marissa? Um, I'm just going to say that there are a lot of good games this weekend. A lot. So it uh, should be Thanks, a fun. Thanks, Okay. <laughs> Tim will spit out his water. <laughs> you know, Connor has to be out in six minutes because naturally he is late. Yeah, we have a we have at least one question. We yeah, so to I'm just it. actually going to keep stalling this, so then you're late for your next oh, game. Like you make us late yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's my mistake. All right, I'll yeah. speed through these. I'm going Tampa Bay minus six two. I hate picking the same pick as Connor, but got to do what you got to do. What worked last week? I'm going uh, JJ in the uh, Watt brothers bowl so i'm going texans plus four versus the steelers and then i'm going cardinals minus five and a half versus matt stafford and the lions i like that line too i think cardinals are so good i think they're such a good yeah. team yeah i thought about that one too uh marissa anything out of the chat questions um yeah this question from peter connor in the last episode you harped on not resigning robbie do you really think it was that big of a mistake wasn't it a bigger mistake not pursuing hopkins no, because I, I think that whenever it's the, regarding Hopkins, I need to get some more information on that. And I just got to do some digging. But I think that was just Bill O'Brien being a crazy person. And it was literally pro <laughs> like 
there is no like dude there is no doubt in my mind that if the if Hopkins was actually on the trade market and he was fielding calls they could have gotten more than what they got like they could have gotten more for Hopkins than what they got for the Cardinals so the fact that that I, I have a feeling the Cardinals like hey we'll give you uh this and uh David Johnson and Bill O'Brien because he's Bill O'Brien was like damn right let's do it and just did like I think that was just that was more the thing like absolutely if it was on there though if you could have gotten him for for a second round pick in Bell, like they would have done it. Like the Jets would have done that. I just can't imagine because they were willing to trade Bell. And I just think there was something there where either Bill O'Brien literally got a phone call and was like, that's my trade and did it. Or or if there's something else there. But yeah, I, I've made a comment. Look, I've, I've said why the Jets didn't go after Robbie. They they don't like the crowd that he he, he sometimes spends time with in Florida. And we're worried that, that it would kind of get him in trouble and get him in trouble off the field. And he'd sign this big contract and then he would be suspended. Uh, they were worried that he was more of just a one-route guy, that he's going to go deep, and that's pretty much it. They were worried about the fact that if he's not an offense's primary option, he's not going to uh, always give his full effort. All of those things are why the Jets said, we want Robbie Anderson back, we don't want him back at this price, and this is our walkaway price. In my personal opinion, that was the wrong call. Like, and I don't, that's what the Jets felt, that's why the Jets made the move, right? And that's what, I, this is what always gets lost in translation when I talk about that. That's what the Jets thought. However, I don't agree with it. I would have paid Robbie Anderson. I don't know how you walked out. Two years, 20, I would have given him two for 22. I would have gone as high as 11 million for him or 12 million. I would have walked away at 13, 14, 15. But if you could have gotten him for two years, 24 million, I would have done the deal. So I just think it was a mistake because the one thing that Robbie always gave you, you can question off the field. You can question uh, his route running at times. You can question his energy on all these plays. You can do all that stuff, but he was always there. The guy was never hurt. He was always on the field, and he was somebody that you could rely on for some kind of game-breaking ability. And they basically said, we're going to replace Robbie with Brashad Perryman, who's dealt with injury injuries throughout his career, and he's dealing with injuries now. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And we will see... Uh... We will see what we do here with the Jets this uh, this weekend against Indy. Uh, we kind of talked about the the little chance there is to win here, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, there's something the Jets can pull out of their hat and we get the season turned around. We will certainly to see. The first thing I want to see is a good start because they've just fallen down so quickly in both these first two games. Just make it interesting into the second quarter and see where we can go from there. All right, like I said at the beginning, give us a rating and review. We want to get to that big number 100 mark on Apple to help us out. Uh, we'll be back after the game. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to look back on this Colts game and see how the one and two Jets did it, right? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, if you need a subscription to The Athletic or you know someone else who does, go to theathletic.com slash the can't wait podcast. You can join for just $1 a month. I still can't believe that. Just $1 a month right now for all the great stuff coming at you at The Athletic. And the one thing we didn't talk about, check out Connor's story this week on Makai Becton. That was really good, too, about how um, how good he has been. Follow Connor on Twitter, Connor underscore J underscore Hughes. I'm at Tim M. McMaster, and Marissa is at Marissa underscore Morris. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a great day, everyone.